You are listening to the Equip Podcast. This weekly course seeks to equip our church, and we pray it can help you as well. Check out more resources at rockycreek.church. Uh, what is the state of technology for our children? And the reason why I want us to start there is because opportunities for technological addiction continue to grow year after year. We all agree with that statement, yes or no? There, okay. So uh, greatest threats right now. What are some of the greatest threats that you would say are dangerous for technological addictions? This is a good question, which means I want responses, so just shout them out. What are they? Social media. Social media. Okay, great. Another one. Gaming. Gaming. Virtual reality, okay. Pornography. Pornography. Just really any type of device, right? You have, I think, each person in this room, each child represented, there might be a, a favorite device, a favorite platform, a, a lot of different things that can happen. Uh, so a lot of ways that you can think through what the great threats are. Uh, a love for technology has replaced a love for the Lord, and, and in fact, of what we need to think through that we desperately need. And so when, when I say it that way, is that I want us, uh, I've, I've typed out uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 for you. You can obviously look at it in your scripture if you'd like to. But the, at the heart of it, what's going on is that there's a deep down desire, affection, love, obsession, addiction, if you will, to certain things. And we've got to kind of figure out why that is before we know how to address it. Um, so where there should be a love for the Lord, a lot of times there is a love for technology that has replaced that. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, this is right before the Israelites go into um, Canaan to inherit the promised land. And so you go, this is not, they didn't have technology, Travis. Well, there's always been technology, right? Uh, Moses didn't have a smartphone, but there was probably a wheel or something around there. I don't know. But with this, there's going to teach us something about what the home should look like, okay? And this is called the Shema. And it's basically saying, I want you to hear this. And so uh, let's read it together. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with how much? All your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk with them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So here, here's the picture, right? That family discipleship should be something that it's not just, hey, every Thursday night at 8 o'clock we do this. It's more of a natural kind of just way of life, right? He says, you need to first and foremost, parents, love the Lord with everything that you got. And then these words I'm going to command you today, they need to be on your heart. Okay, got that? And verse 7 says, you shall teach them diligently to your what? To your children, and you shall talk of them. I love it. It says, You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, when you rise. So let's just look at those phrases just for a second, okay? So talk of them when you sit in your house, right? When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. Now, so there, there's a, a sense where it's basically saying, um, <laughs> He doesn't say every night at this point or every once a week or here's a, an appointment. What is he trying to say? That, that the way that we teach our kids a love for the Lord should be pretty consistent in our lives, right? Natural overflow. So when you get up in the morning, when you're lying down, when you're walking, when you're rising, it should be natural. Now I want you to look especially at those four uh, actions, uh, sitting in your house, walking by the way, lying down, and rising. While we should be talking about love for the Lord, can you think of anything that happens in our homes now that may not be teaching a love of the Lord, but when people are sitting in the house, walking by the way, lying down and rising, what is, in, what is typically in all of our hands during those times? Phone, right? Let's think about it for a second. Can you think of anyone in your house, of course, besides you, right, <laughs> that when they're sitting in the house on a device, right? Walking by the way, uh, have... I'm, I'm sure no one in this room has ever run into anything because you were staring at your phone instead of looking where you're right. Uh, but can that do it? Have you seen people that are walking and just always on here? Have you found anybody driving on 385 and, and once again, having their devices out? We, we see that all the time. Um, I imagine that even in here, I think we probably all are aware and know of certain situations where we know of kids that aren't getting enough sleep. Why? Because when they should be lying down, what are they doing? on a device, right? And grades are dropping, can't stay focused, all, all kinds of issues. 
Mama always said nothing good happens after 11 o'clock, and she was probably right, okay, you know? Um, and also, when you rise, okay? A lot of studies will say that you can tell how deep any person, including our own addiction to a device, is by when you wake up in the morning, what is your first go-to? What's your first go-to, right? And typically, out of habit, for those that have been walking around with a, a smartphone for a long time, your habit is to do that. So talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. So we should be talking about a love for the Lord. Instead, are there things that are replacing these actions? The answer, I would say, yes, right? Uh, go a little further, verse 8. You shall bind them as a sign on your what? Hand. Uh, so they basically, basically the Jewish people back in the day, they would actually write scripture on their hands. So wherever they go, their hands there, they're going to be reminded of it. They should be as frontlets between your what? So then they started putting scriptures like right here in front of their faces. It's kind of awkward. You think about running into something, but just be reminded all the time. Here it is right in front of their faces, and you write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So here's this idea. A love for the Lord, God's words, God's commandments, all these things should be in your hand at all time, before your eyes at all time, and decorating your walls of your house at all times. Can you think of anything that may have replaced that in our lives, right? You see how, how really, I mean, as I was praying and thinking through this, like how real and tangible that this issue is, is that where this idea of a love for the Lord should be something that's so natural to get to. Right now, as many families, we don't feel like we have time to even do that. Why? Because people are always on a device, even including ourselves, right? So, so with that, the, the shift that is taking place is very, very serious for us. And so... If we think through that, what technological shifts have taken place in recent generations, okay? So, um, you know, I'm looking around here. We're not going to, like, get in a line of who's the youngest and who's the oldest, right? But there, from the youngest in here uh, to the oldest, there's been a few changes in our lifetime, right, regarding technology. I want you to think through uh, this way. The first one is uh, fireplace to furnace is a shift that has taken place. What I mean by that is we have multiple devices separating us and isolating our entertainment. So it's a fireplace to furnace mentality. I cannot remember where I read this, but it was a really great analogy that back in the day when it got cold in the wintertime and before there was central heating, if you wanted to get warm, what did you have to do? Go to the fireplace. And if anybody else wanted to get warm, guess where they went? to the fireplace, every single person in the house, if you want to be warm, there's a central location where the heat was, and what that did not only would warm you, but it also draw you closer to everybody in the house. Um, for uh, many of us, or I'll, at least I, I can say this, I can remember my mom and my dad telling me about those days when all of a sudden we got a TV in the what? It wasn't in the bedroom, it wasn't in the kitchen, it was, it, it was kind of near that fireplace, right? So if anybody was to watch anything, guess what you had to do? Watch it together, right? Watch it together. So then what the change that took place over time is that the fireplace to furnace, so when the furnace came in and now it's, it's, it's getting heat to all the different individual rooms, you don't have to come together to be heated. You can be wherever you want to. The same thing that's happened with technology, right? Where it used to be, if you're going to engage in some type of technology, you had to do it with the family. Now, everybody's separate. Everybody's divided. Everybody is doing their own thing. People can be in the car listening to, watching to as many devices as you possibly got, right? So that's one major shift we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, another major shift that is very important, especially for uh, teenager age, is what I call independence to um, postponement. Young people delay societal milestones to stay connected via technology. There is a, um, what once was a goal for independence is starting to see a pretty big significant trend towards postponing maturity. And what that means is, um, Amanda and I were talking with someone recently who said that they were noticing that a lot of teenagers didn't want to get their driver's license at age 15. I mean, it was my birthday at 12.01 a.m. and I'm going to the DMV, right? Because what did a driver's license represent to a 15-year-old? A lot of bad things, possibly. But at the heart of it was a little bit of independence, right? I'm wanting to go where I want to go. I'm wanting to go spend time with my friends. I'm wanting to go do things, not be tied down. I have to have someone chauffeur me around. And so now you are finding that a lot of teenagers are delaying 
getting their driver's license because they would much rather be in the back seat on their phone talking to whoever they want to rather than getting in the car and actually being present with someone. So what's happening is in the same way this is happening with education, this is happening with jobs, there is a, instead of a seeking for independence, there is a postponement, if you will, towards those things. Another major shift is community to uh, isolation. Uh, younger generations find it easier to navigate online when in something I would call pseudo-community, okay? Um, can you connect with people online? The answer is, yeah. Can you connect in the way that we were meant to connect with people? The answer is no. You, you, there's going to be something that's missing here. Um, but what's taking place is uh, we have, um, with social media, the ability to have pseudo community. Uh, pseudo community is this, is that um, you can put something out there on social media and people who haven't seen you talk to you in years still feel somewhat connected to you, right? Um, I always laugh that one of the, the, the great things of social media has done is it has removed the shock and awe from your high school reunions, right? You go there, it's not like, whoa, what happened to you? It's like, I've been seeing it for a while, right? You know, you kind of like, no, you're not, you're not surprised. Social media has given us all a good example of, hey, we can say something, happy birthday, because that's uh, alarming us, right, uh, to that's happening. But um, instead of actually having deep community, there's a lot of isolation because there's a desire to be able to engage in community. But you guys know up close and personal relationships are dangerous, so it's just easier to stay online, right? Um, we also know the dangers here of that on the other side of it, that um, we say this about adults as well, that if, if you've ever known someone to make nasty, hateful comments on social media who would never say it in person, um, there is such a level of teenage bullying through technological devices these days. Kids who would never say anything to someone in their face, yet will blow up somebody's phone, all the comment board, all this kind of stuff, and say some most horrific things because they feel like it's safer that way, and then they come into contact with the person, won't do it. Another major shift is what I call limited to unlimited that we really need to think through. Uh, we no longer have just a few options or mediums with which to choose entertainment, right? So um, I even think through, like back in the day, I get stressed out right now when I have to go pick out toothpaste because I just remember the days when there used to be like Crest or Colgate, right? There's like two options or something. Now it's like they start telling you all these different things that you're supposed to have, and this has got that. I'm like, do I want that? Is that good? Is that healthy? Is it right? Like we are such a culture right now that has so many opportunities, so many, and, and honestly, unlimited options, if you will, about all the different things that you can do. And what that comes down to it was, um, when I was growing up watching TV, there really were only a few options at 8 o'clock at night, right? I mean, there, there's a few channels that you could use. Now, that, you know, that wasn't like, you know, was a couple of decades ago, but not crazy decades ago, right? I mean, just like, you know, it, the, the difference that's happened since then is absolutely remarkable because now we're talking about not just a few options, not just a few mediums, but you can choose anything that you want to. Now, what does that do into the psyche of a teenager, Right? that they don't know what to do when this is your only option, right? They're gonna get bored. They're seeking something out because they're being programmed. There's always other options that you can find. Always, if this doesn't work, that's why they don't wanna eat our cooking either, right? So you have to like think through, there's unlimited options for them and what is that doing to them long-term? Uh, another shift is occasional to instant. Uh, we rarely wait to see the next program offering, right? Um, I grew up in the time of TGIF, right? Thanks goodness it's Friday um, TV, right? Family Matters and all those kind of stuff. And you watched the show, and guess what you wanted to do if you wanted to watch it again? You had to wait a whole week, right? Okay, that's, that's what you did. It was just kind of normal. And then there were certain, there were off times. Nowadays, we have streaming devices that sometimes they'll go week to week, but a lot of times, here's the whole season all at once, right? Why would they give you the whole season all at once? They want you to stay on there nonstop. Have you noticed in the last five years that on YouTube, Netflix, Disney Plus, as soon as you finish one thing, it doesn't even ask you. It starts queuing up the next thing, right? Got about 10 seconds, we're going to be back on, right? Just to keep you. Just to keep you. So, so with this, this uh, can this cause, do you think that this could have anything to do with uh, the rising generation struggling to be patient people? can't wait on something, it's instant. I've got to have it next, right? Because they're being programmed to, right? They can find anything they want to, watch anything they want to, the next thing's coming up as soon as it is. 
Uh, next uh, shift is wisdom to wiki. Um, Obviously, guys, you know, the whole wiki concept is this, is that instead of having actual information, uh, anybody can go on and edit it. It's, it's uh, something that a lot of websites will use. So now simple searches uh, provide information and stifle our pursuit of true wisdom. So back in the day, if you wanted to learn something, you would get something called a book, right? And then you would learn a practice or a trade, and over and over and over you would do this. Now... The goal is not wisdom, it's just information. And you can Google search, you can ask Alexa, you can ask Siri, you can ask whoever you want to. Just give me the facts. That's all I'm looking for, right? I want a quick answer to this um, versus the wisdom to navigate things. And so now th this is important for us to think through of our, our kids' mindsets, right? Our kids are growing up in a culture that says you don't have to work hard to get information. You do a simple search, you got the information, and now you are the expert. Feeling that, parents, anybody, right? They, they, they read this on Google, so obviously they know everything, and people typically will talk about their teenagers, oh, she's 13, going on 25, right? You're feeling this mentality a lot more. Why? Because they can be the expert at anything because what the Internet does is a false um, belief in that we can be omnipresent anywhere in the world, omniscient, know all things, and, and so this is a major, major danger. Uh, last shift I want to take, uh, talk about for a second is um, pursuing to pursued. Um, you don't have to look for immoral material because it now comes looking for you. This is the culture and this is a major shift that has happened, especially in the last 10 to 15 years, where one of my friends told me, uh, he's 55, he said, Travis, when I was a young man, if I wanted to look at pornography, I had to work hard for it. I'd have to go around somebody's back, I'd have to go to this um, store, I'd have to buy the money, I'd have to hide it, this kind of stuff. I'd really have to work. It, it was a job to get it done, and I would do that. Now, young kids aren't having to look for it, it's actually pursuing them. It's coming looking for them. Uh, every single person here knows the issue of um, you're watching a show together as a family, and all of a sudden, what is this? Like, it could be a commercial, right? Um, there are commercials right now that are showing much more than risque movies used to 15 years ago, right? Maybe not even that long. Um, so we're, we're living in a time where it's coming at you. Um, and even with that, um, if you don't, I didn't put this down here. If, if, if you've never checked out this website, I do want to encourage you about PluggedIn.com. PluggedIn.com is a great resource by Focus on the Family uh, where they will evaluate um, certain TVs and movies and even gaming devices and tell you before you send your kid to the movie theater or let them watch this or buy this game to say, by the way, <laughs> we've watched the whole thing and here's kind of what's in there so that you're aware. Um, and, and I think that is very helpful because uh, we, we've just even been in certain situations sometimes where you're watching a, a PG movie, right? should be harmless and all of a sudden it's just like what why does it have to be risque if it's targeted towards kids like why is that um and because this is kind of the culture that we live in so if we know that there is this pursuit that we're not necessarily going after but it's coming after us we have to be aware now symptoms let's talk about that for a second how do you know when an interest has become a problem okay um <clears throat> i think all of us would love to know that there's probably a healthy line right that someone's interested in something but when has it become a problem? Um, so is playing a video game in of itself, if it's not immoral material, is a desire to play a video game evil? The answer would be, well, no. But when does it cross the line, right? Um, there's something about the, the pixels and the lights and this kind of stuff about their devices that cause us to go, I mean, that's beautiful, and there's beautiful pictures on it, and there's wonderful things, the technology that allows us to do certain things. It is mesmerizing. It draws us in. That's normal. When has the line become a little bit dangerous? And so here's uh, three things at least to consider of when we know the symptoms are a problem. And I, and I, I kind of compiled this because there's a lot of good resources out there about like when uh, gaming is addictive patterns and when you know, or when is uh, technological usage in different facets of social media, when is it addictive? How do you know? And I've just kind of summarized some of those items. First one is this, if it becomes inseparable. If the device or the task or the thing becomes inseparable, you know you might be in an issue. How often is the person connected to the device and uncomfortable if separated? Okay? It's a good question to evaluate 
for ourselves and for anybody in our family to say, okay, how much can this person be away from this device and be functional, okay? Or how is it if they're always on it, always they can't drift too far from it, not to the right, to the left, always has to be on their person that it seems like they are connected to the device and uncomfortable if separated. Uh, it is so interesting to even, once again, you go through a lot of these experiments going out, but to be able to sometimes tell my kids, hey, look around us in the room right now. What do you notice? They're like, there's a lot of families at the table and they're all on their devices. I said, okay, it's just kind of, it, it, it's there, right? It's like they, we don't know how to function anymore without those things there. And so if you find that, um, give you an example, if you're trying to have a meal and everybody's staring at a device, right? And, and I know this can get into a whole host of stuff and please hear my heart on this. I know there's all different types of people that say like, hey, we're gonna have a nice meal. We gotta put something in front of this kid or he's gonna burn the restaurant down. Like I, I, I get that, I understand that, uh, where somebody would get there, but I also would say that's teaching something long-term. That that's teaching certain patterns that we have to, it's a digital pacifier, so to speak, that we have to be very, very careful with because it becomes inseparable. That, um, I can remember when uh, the last, all right, our minivan right now doesn't have a DVD player. I don't even know how they made it a few years ago. In, in the world that we live in that doesn't have a DVD player, I didn't think it was legal anymore. Uh, but the one that we had before it had a DVD player, and that was like, we get a nicer van, and the kids are like, where's the DVD player? And we're like, we're free. You know, so it's like, we're, we're going to teach. Like, no, we're going we're gonna to talk, we're going to listen to music, we're going to read books, we're, whatever, we're going to try to do this. But there is a tendency, like, no, it's just easier to do that. And I get it's easier in the moment, long-term effects, though, right? Uh, easier in the moment to give a device when a kid's being rowdy, long-term effects are going to be negative. So uh, it's, it's kind of the mentality of you can cry now or you can cry later, right? I, I can cry now because it's a little frustrating trying to get over this, or I can cry later because this is a lot more deeper than what it, it should be. So symptom could be is, is someone in your family inseparable from a device, from a function, from something else. Uh, second symptom is irritable, Okay. You're like, ah, they're always irritable. Okay, maybe. Um, how incensed does this person get if questioned or challenged about the usage of the device? This is a good indicator of how serious it is, right? And if we're thinking about um, a lot of the terminology that we use, and I think everybody here would be okay with me using it, but there are some people that are addicted to certain technological things, right? Uh, it could be gaming. It could be social media, it could be a certain device, whatever it could be, it can be addictive patterns. And typically when you find someone who's addicted to some other type of vice, take it alcohol, take it drugs, if someone questions them, what do you know when it's dangerous? When it's, they bow up, right? They come at you, I don't have a problem. <laughs> really? Why are you so upset right now? And, and so if this becomes something that's very irritable, you, you know how incensed does this person get if questioned or challenged about the usage of the device. So if a simple question, how long have you been on it, causes anger towards you, you got a problem, right? There's something like, okay, deep down, there, there's fear that's now coming out through anger because they're concerned you're about to take something that they feel like is, uh, they're going to be unable to function without, or even if they're challenged about the usage of the device. If we tell a child I need you to put that down and come to the table. If they're pouting, we've got a problem, right? There, there should be this sense of it. And I, and I know every, every child's different, every parent's different. I know there's all kinds of parenting tactics. And um, a lot of stuff we would read is, okay, if you're gonna shut something down, give them a two minute warning or something. I don't, you're the parent, you don't have to do that. If you want to, that's fine. But when you say it's time, and it's time, and you've given an adequate time, you've given adequate space, and there's an irritability about it, that means that there's something deep down. They, they're just angry because this has been taken away. That's showing some type of addictive patterns. Um, and one of the constant things that I will hear um, from parents who are struggling in an area like this is, I'm trying to get my child to do this, but oh, when I have to make a thing, right? If I take the phone away, we all suffer for it. If, if they can't get, play their video games, everybody's gonna be upset because they're just showing it, right? That's a sign, once again, you can take the easy road out right now, but it could be doing long-term damage, right? So are they irritable? Uh, there's another symptom. And the last one is this, would be irresponsible. 
How does the usage affect responsibilities, relationships, and rest? Okay? And let's just let's land on this one just for a second. Um, you know, I would imagine that you probably, in, in your household, you would think there's different levels of irresponsibility anyway, right? Okay, like, this person is always Johnny on the spot, and this person is, we're just lucky if they, you know, get to where they need to in the morning with all their clothes on, right? I, I understand there's natural kind of personality things about that. But when you think about it, does the usage affect responsibilities, relationships, uh, and or rest? So responsibilities for most of our kids, their responsibilities are to function in the house, not hurt or injure or upset anyone, go to school, function, do their work. That, that's their job, right? And what you're finding is right now is you're hearing reports of teachers who say they cannot get the kids to focus because they are not sleeping. Why are they not sleeping? Because that device is popping up every single hour of the night. And so a lot of what's happening also is um, uh, with devices left in the room, and if it's dinging, vibrating, lights are coming on, kids aren't functioning like a deep REM sleep. They're not even getting rest at night because it's just constantly pulling them out. So they can't function at school because they're exhausted. Uh, they're a little bit more irritable in addition to it because they're not sleeping. They're getting behind. You're getting frustrated. You're concerned. And this is setting a pattern. Does the usage affect relationships, right? Um, there are... Um, I will, sometimes I am concerned about the future of America when sometimes you'll talk to someone and it's like they don't know how to, they don't know how to talk to you because they can't text to you, right? It's just a simple question. It's like, uh, I'm just like, no, it's just a simple question. Like eye contact, talk to me. Like, and, and sometimes we are so connected to devices, people know how to connect with people online. They don't know how to have a real life conversation. And if the device is always blocking us from each other, we don't know how to interact anymore. We don't know how to have conversations. We don't know how to relate. And uh, we'll find ourselves that relationships are a burden or an inconvenience to get us back to that device, get us back to that function. That's showing that there is a deep down symptom. And then also just, again, rest being a major issue. Um, folks, there is, um, I, I know this is going to sound shocking to you, right? But there is no reason that you have to keep a device in a child's room. If you bought that device and you want that device out, if it's a TV, if it's a phone, if it's an iPad, if it's a Kindle, if it's a gaming station, you go, it's out, it's parked here by our bed, you have that right. And if they tell you that everybody else's parents don't do that, you go, you remind them, I'm not raising everybody else's kids. I'm raising you. And, and you're going to sleep and you're going to function. And as far as you're in our house, we care about you enough to know that you we have to get this. Um, so, so with this, if we, if we think about what are the symptoms? Some of the, some of the surveys I have was like, here's 10 things to know that your child is addicted to online gaming, right? And if you answer yes to three of them, they are addicted. I'm like, that's really depressing. But if you look at this, just any one or three of those should be an indicator. Is there a serious issue that needs to be addressed? Um, so, so are they, are they inseparable from that device? Is it constantly they have to be connected to it? Are they irritable if they are separated from it? There's an edge about them that's just like you're taking um, their precious from them and whatnot. Or is there an irresponsibility that they're just not functioning at the level, even at an early age, right? Can't do the things they should be able to do at their age because they can't function on that. So with those symptoms, here's what I want to think about next is uh, turn the page over to structure. And uh, how does the structure of your home relate to technological opportunities, Okay. And you might say, what do you mean by the structure, right? Our house is a two-story house. We've got a this. This is what I mean is that there are certain things that we can set up that can either help our kids, help our family, or hinder, right? There are just certain things, even the way that we position our homes and the way the opportunities that we have. So first question here to think through that is, what access to technology does your family have of which you are aware, Okay. What access to technology does your family have of which you are aware? So you go, okay, um, I know that my, you know, my, my kids, they have these devices. This one's in their room. This was parked in the family room. These are the things I let them get on uh, TV for so many you know, minutes a day or whatnot. These are the things that you say, this is what I'm aware of, okay? So first and foremost, this is an important thing for you to think of. So your kids right now, what do they have access to if they wanted to, right? And they go home. What do they have access to? And there's no hindrance. There's no blockade. There, there's nothing at all. And 
Now, deeper into that, we'll, we'll get to in just a moment, but you have to be very careful because I, I've known of even people who said, hey, I just got my kid a Kindle, and a Kindle, you read books on it, right? That's all you're doing. And not realizing there's also internet browsers that are part of that and other apps that can go in all different types of places. I'll also remind every single one of you, I don't care how old your child is, they are smarter than you on technology. They are. And I don't know how. I don't know if they like all like are telling each other what to do or what. I think because they're growing up in this culture, it's just second nature, right? They just know it. They pick up on stuff a lot quicker. Uh, we had this running kind of joke in our family that when uh, one of the grandmas got an iPhone and she couldn't figure it out and Eli unlocked it at age three and goes, here, you know, and just like, I mean, it's just, it's natural, right? They, they come out just understanding these things so quickly. So you at least got to think, okay, what, what kind of technology do they, ha- we're aware of, but here's the other thing I want you to think through. What access to technology does your family have of which you may be unaware? You say, well, how would I know that? Right? If I'm unaware of it, I, I wouldn't know it. The reason why I want you to think about this is where the people, places, and opportunities that they're around, that they might be exposed to certain things you're not aware of. Okay? And you say, well, I'm not aware of it. That's why I'm saying you got to figure it out. Right? Um, so are they going to certain people's houses that you say, I don't know what the standards are there. Like I know in our house what we do, but they're over there at that house, and, and I'm not exactly sure. Uh, you might have other family members. They go in to cousin's house or grandparent's house, and in those situations, there are no rules like you have at your house. And especially at a young mind, if they feel like, man, my parents are fuddy-duddies, and I can't do anything, but then I go to this person's house, you can do whatever it's, it's just on, right? Um, most uh, young people are being exposed to... Uh, pornographic images by friends with devices now before they have a device. Hey, want to see this? And it's in a crowd, it's in a situation, and it starts all different types of stuff, and they learn where they can get it. So for you to start thinking through, like, what do they, I know about, are we, do we have any type of awareness of what they do have, what the opportunities are, but also, let me think through, what are some of the connection points I might not even be aware of, right? Uh, And and I know this may sound really weird, guys, but you really need to think through. If there is an abnormal uh, excitement about your child going somewhere to something, you need to ask the question why. And it could be they're just really nice and have fun, or it could be something else is going on there. Like, hey, I know I have opportunity here in these situations, and so you've got to start just with prayerful discernment asking those questions. Um any access to data transfer on a device means that, uh, I don't have all this stuff here. Okay, the best well-intentioned child has seen more than he or she should ever have to experience, okay? Let me go back to that. Any access to any type of data transfer, right? Any type of access to data transfer on any type of device means that the best well-intentioned child has seen more than he or she should ever have to experience, what I mean by data transfer is this. Um, it's kind of like this. I can say I trust my child to drive in Greenville, but guess what I don't trust? Everybody else on the road, right? I, I, I mean, I do. I, I, I think that uh, there's going to be a day where it's the same kind of thing. It's like, well, I, I trust you. I just don't trust everybody else. I don't know what they're doing. This is the thing about data transfer. So... If a child can send information, that means they can also do what? Receive it, right? Best well-intended child in the world, I'm just sending like, hey, hope you had a good day. Hey, here's a picture of my puppy. Here's something I did, da, 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 And then all of a sudden, boom, here's an opportunity for something to come to them. They're not asking for. They're not desiring. We are living in a culture right now where there are, um, unfortunately, and there, there's these stories that will come up from the news from time to time, of someone who's committed suicide because something that was shared with a friend got blasted on social media, sent to Snapchat, text forwarded everybody else, and the pressure of trying to go back to school means that it's over, right? This kind of stuff happens, and even some of the apps that are sold to teenagers saying that, hey, this stuff deletes and goes away, it, it never goes away. There's always a way around it. And so um, with that, if there's a data transfer, um, you can have the best, best, um, desire, well-intended kid, doesn't want to see anything bad, dirty, or experience anything, but that doesn't mean it's stopping that child uh, from sending it to your kid. 
So what do you do besides putting them on an island where they cannot have access to anyone, right? Um, here's some things to think through the structure of how things are working in our house. Uh, think through devices. What devices does your child have access to regularly? What devices does your child have access to regularly? What, what can they access? No problem, no issue. It, it's just they can get to it without any, um, any stretch of the imagination. It would be very, very easy to do. Um, I, will, I will say this as well. Um, you need to think through, okay, and if, if they have access to this device, what am I aware of that they're actually doing, right, on those devices? Do you have freedom to know uh, ins and outs of it? And once again, I, I, don't, I don't want anybody in here walking away from here saying you need to be a, a tyrant of a parent, but I, I am saying this, you are responsible for your kids, and if they're living under your house and you're paying those bills and you've given those devices at any point, at any time, if you think there's a destructive pattern or a danger to your child, if, if somebody was coming in your house with a gun trying to shoot your kids, I know what every single one of you would do, right? Some of y'all would pull out your gun, okay? Or some of you would call someone who has one, right? Well, those are two options. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know, I mean, who am I to stop it? You'd be like, are you kidding me? Like some of y'all are packing so heavy, y'all be like, which you know leg do I want to pull it from? Okay, like, and they just start going. If somebody was coming in your house, shooting at your kid, you would do everything in your power to stop that person. You wouldn't care what damage you did to that person as long as you protected your child. And so, to this, you have to think. It, it's a two-way street. These devices send stuff, you receive stuff, and there is an enemy that lurking and going through those things. You've got to be thinking through. Well, what is that access to? Second, uh, apps. Do you know for sure what installed apps can really do? Do you know for sure what installed apps can really do? Um, so one of the things that we uh, learned uh, recently in a, the, the last little um, session that we did when we had those uh, that ministry that came in, the counseling group that came in, they talked about certain apps that will look like a safe uh, on a phone and you, and you think like okay it just looks like a typical app but then you have to like actually press a code to go into it and then once you do it unlocks all these different apps of hidden stuff in there and so the other issue is is that there are a lot of apps right now that looks like uh, a heart or it looks like a you know camera thing or something like this and when you open it up it's actually something completely different um, there are shorthand uh, expressions that teenagers will use uh, and I don't know how frequent they are now last study I read a few years ago and this was like um, there's uh, a lot of things that you would think like some people would think that that might mean in certain uh, situations but that abbreviation sometimes mean parent over shoulder so if, if someone is sending their child something they will put that down just to say chill it for a second my parents near everybody back up on what you're talking about and then there, there's all types of different abbreviations that they know and you guys are just like going i don't even know what you know yolo means okay like you know it, it, so there's languages that they're using that we're not aware of you've got to be careful of so with that if you give a child a device and you give them access to download any app that they want to you are opening up a world you can't even imagine, and it's, and it's hard to contain when Pandora comes out of the box, right? So um, some parents will say you got to have the device, but you don't know the passcode to install apps, right? Only I do. So if you say you need an app, it's going to have to come through me, right? That makes sense, but you also have to continue to monitor that. Uh, another thing to think through is platforms. How informed are you about the type of social media platforms that your child uses? Some of you are like, I don't even know. It's hard to keep up with it. And some of you have fake names and fake things, so you're stalking your kids on it. So either way, you are on that, okay, right? Because <laughs> I know how some of y'all roll. Um, are you aware? Are you informed of uh, the type of social media platforms that your child uses? All right, let me ask you something. Uh, if your 12-year-old child says, hey, I want to go and spend the weekend with my friend in class, can I do it? What's your initial thing? You go, I, I, I don't know anything about this kid. I don't know their parents. I got to know what this child's about, right? Some of you are like, I just need a break. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, most of us are like, no, I at least got to know if you would even allow that to happen in the world that we're living in, right? And I, and I do know a lot of parents are like, 
No overnights. Just not going to happen, right? Uh, there are some that say, I would be okay if I knew the people that they were interacting with. What's the friend like? Are there any older siblings in the house? What are the parents like? You're going to start checking on all kinds of registries and stuff, and I'm going, go for it. Absolutely, 100%. If you're going to go down that route, you have every, every right to do that. But deep down, what you also have to consider for a moment is when any of us have the opportunity to be on any type of social media platform, you have just now engaged an entire list of acquaintances of which can be on the other side of the world that you cannot check a background check on, okay? And, and so you have to be aware that some of the interactions that can take place and all the inboxes that can be set up, you just have to consider what are the platforms and you once again have the right to say what is acceptable and what is not. Um, next, places. Is your house designed to cover activity behind closed doors? Um, is your house designed to cover activity behind closed doors? So, um, this is very challenging because once again, it used to be fireplace versus furnace, right? There's a TV in the living room and after 11 o'clock, they sing the national anthem and it's over anyway, right? There's nothing coming on at night. Now, on any device, you can see anything in the world at any time and the doors are closed, right? Um, I think that every single one of us as parents need and grandparents need to consider for a second what good could a device be in a closed room for a young child in the first place? What good is it going to do? And I know that might get you to go, oh, Trav, this is going to open up a whole world for me that's going to be World War III. All right? And if you don't do it, what are we going to be dealing with? That's the question you have to ask all the time, right? So um, I, I've mentioned this, that when, uh, when I was in college, I was dealing with some guys who were struggling with internet pornography. I encouraged them to face their computers outward to where the doors would always be open so somebody could walk in and see where it is. If you come to my office right now, down this hall, it's a little bit hard because I wish I could see my whiteboard behind me because a lot of times I'm writing on the whiteboard and my computer's this way. But I want that screen to be accessible so anybody in that main area, anybody walks by can see what I'm looking at that computer screen at any time. So I'm, I'm trying to set up to say, got nothing to hide here, folks, right? And, and so with that, that's wonderful. I can do that in my office. I can do that in my dorm room. But especially now, the growing ability that we have to have a phone, an iPad, a Kindle, a gaming device, a TV, in a room alone with the doors closed, you're asleep, the child is not. You have to consider what, what's going on there. And once again, um, you go, you're... <laughs> There's no way. Like, there's no way I, I can turn this thing around. And I'm saying that you have the right and also potentially the responsibility to say if there's danger, you remove that device and it's parked next to you every night. You also um, plenty of opportunities to do this, and I'm not going to go through all the technical um, uh, nerdery for a second, but you can set your Wi-Fi to shut off at a certain time at night. It's done. And you can't access the computer. You can't access the Wi-Fi. 8 o'clock, it's off. Oh, no, what are you going to do? <laughs> I don't know. You're going to figure it out. Play a board game, right? Something. You're going to read a book, maybe go to bed. I don't know, but you're not going to be on the Internet. You can do that with a phone. You can do that with a device. And there's all these kind of loopholes around. I know your kids are smarter than you. So find a geek out there, somebody who knows what they're doing, and say, help me out here uh, to make sure. So if the house is designed to cover activity behind closed doors, it's really noble to say, we're going to have one computer, and it's going to be in, in the center of the house. That's fine. But most of us in here know our kids, if you're going to be in certain schools, they got a computer in front of them all the time now, all the time. The phone's always in there, even the game, gaming devices. So think through closed doors. What does that look like? Next, uh, opportunities. Are you confident that friends and family share your technological values? Are you confident that the people that are close to you and your family watching over your kids when you're not there share your technological values. So if there's a family member that your child goes over to the house and you discover either they don't keep your rules or they say they're going to keep your rules but they don't keep your rules or they go that's not that big of a deal, for the sake of your children you can say they don't spend the night here anymore. Sorry. You're going to keep them what? Hey, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm not worried about your feelings. I'm worried about my child's 
holiness here and purity and and their soul at the end of the day um if there are certain friends of that of, of your kid and they're going to there and you don't know the parents oh it's whatever once again if i think through most of the stuff that i was exposed to as a teenager it was going to this friend's house whose parents didn't really care right and and so it was just this access to stuff and so once again you might think wonderful things but you've at least got to know like what what are those uh, availabilities there now real quick on this status uh this is something i want to encourage you to at least think through for a second um and maybe do it a later time but what is the status of every family member regarding technology if you got like in our situation we got three kids okay so i would put down that list uh put obadiah eli gloria and then i write danger areas for each one regarding the technology okay so some of you would say, oh my goodness, it's this gaming device, or it's this phone, or it's this whatever, and you just go, this is the danger area, right? And then I would encourage you to do something that you may not want to do, but I think it's important. Just get real with how serious that danger is. One to 10, give it a, give it a mark, right? Just go down each member of your family, all right, this one's at a two, this one's at a, okay, you said 10, but it's 11, whatever, like give them a number, like how serious of an issue is this for you, okay? And here's the next section that I would encourage you to fill out. At best scenario and at worst scenario. And this is what's going to be a challenge for us as parents and grandparents because even if you are a negative person, typically we always assume our kids wouldn't ever get into that. Right? Maybe somebody else's, but not mine. And we typically think it's not going to happen to my kids and, and we don't and it's, it's kind of like, I mean, sometimes you just don't want to open that door because you're afraid what you're going to find out. And I, I'm saying that it's better to find it out here than way down the line, right? So this exercise could be, okay, so let's just example. If you say, here's the name of my child, the danger area is their social media usage. Uh, I'm saying it's seven, dangerous because they just seem like they can't get off of it. They're always... You know, we're eating dinner and they're taking selfies all the time. I don't know who they're sending it to. Like, I, they're just obsessed with it all the time, all the time, all the time. At best, what's happening here? At best, this child is self-consumed, uh, thinks they're the center of the universe, and we need to bring her or him down a couple notches. At worst, what could be happening here? At worst my child is doing this in front of me what are they doing when i'm not here what are they taking pictures of who are they sending it to what type of interactions are they having why are they so obsessed with the way they look and making sure other people comment at worst this could be happening now that that doesn't sound like a really fun experiment as a parent but i want to tell you this you need to hope for the best but prepare for the worst not because i'm like this horrible negative person i think most of y'all know i'm more of an optimistic person and so i'm just oh i'm sure you but like Deep down, you have to prepare. It could be a lot worse than I could even imagine, right? So with that, that might spark something in you to say, I've got to make sure that we're addressing this as if it could be that, right? Addressing it, it could be deeper uh, or worse than I think. Typically, what you find people that are in addictive patterns or in sinful, destructive patterns in their life, this is what I have found for years. People don't admit to things until they're caught. And they only reveal what you've caught them in. Okay? So if you catch them in this, and they ask you a question, so what do you know about? I know about this. Yes, I did that. I'm very sorry. And what they're not revealing is all this. It's actually going on. They're only going to admit. They're only going to apologize for it. And they're going to seem very sorrowful because you know this. And at some level, uh, I don't want anybody to be this negative, patronizing person. But if you know this much, you need to at least acknowledge there could be more okay there could be there could potentially be more going on because of sinful fragile frail hearts that we've got and so to like evaluate to do a status because it's one thing for me to say all right guys here's some stuff you need to do but this is your home your kids uh people that we're responsible for so think through really quick uh, a strategy here's some things that i'm going to give you some and uh it's not meant to answer all your questions or to tell you what you need to do tonight, but it's at least to tell you to start thinking through. Uh, number one is acknowledgement. Stop believing the lie that technological addiction couldn't be present in your home. Okay? So at least acknowledge 
it might be present here. Uh, it could be an issue. I want to at least say it, it could be present here and not just thinking it always happens to someone else, right? Um, folks, how, how often have we watched the news where something horrific has happened in our country and the people interviewed said, I never thought this person would do this. Seemed like such a nice person. Well, I mean, they were kind of by themselves, and there's a couple, but I never would have. We never want to go there, right? And, and so at least acknowledge it could be worse. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, if you're wrong and you find out, hey, it's not that bad, praise the Lord, hallelujah, move on from it. But, but stop believing that it happens to every other home and it couldn't happen to yours, okay, first and foremost. Number two, assessment. Perform an honest household evaluation no matter how overwhelming it is. So go through the house. Go through every room of the house. Go through every access point. Think through it. Assess it. Perform an honest household evaluation to go, all right, where are we right now? And no matter how overwhelming it is, right, uh, and it can be, um, folks, if there's, if there's something going on and, I, and I'm overwhelmed by it, I find myself not wanting to think about it or not wanting to address it and just sort of going out. The best things that I can do sometimes is I just get a blank sheet of paper and I just throw it all out there and go, oh my goodness, this is a lot bigger than I thought it was. But now I at least know where I got to start addressing it, right? There's one area we're going to start at right here. So assess where things are. Next, research. Discover relevant options to filter, block, or report dangerous activity. I would give you guys a list of what I would recommend but it will change by tomorrow, okay? Because things are always, always changing. But I would say there are relevant options to filter certain things out. You're on a uh, website and there's all these ads that are supposed to be there and there are certain apps you can do to block that. And I'm just going to tell you from experience, it'll slow down your computer and sometimes it won't work, but you know what? Sometimes you just gotta kinda make those sacrifices. So there's filter options of what can go on. There's blocking options, just completely removing certain opportunities. Always there's ways around that, I get that. Or it can actually report dangerous activity uh, if you choose to do it in that type of way. Um, there are places like Covenant Eyes, um, uh, another website. Covenant Eyes is a, is a Christian uh, app that is one that's been used for a long time that can uh, monitor phone usage, um, internet usage, and whatnot, and it emails suspicious activity to whoever you want it to go to, right? Uh, we are actually using a service at our house called Custodio. Uh, it's Q-U-S-Todio. Um, and it's, it's it, now, um, it is a, here's the deal, right? Um, there's a fee to buy the app, and some of these have a monthly subscription, and you go, oh, it's a lot of money. If it saves your family from a lot of pain, guess what? It's price tag worth it. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, I'll say what Custodio does is every day, Amanda and I get an email about our devices and what apps have been used and who's been on what and how all this kind of stuff is going. Does it work perfectly? Nope. When the Mac update took place, the Custodio app hadn't been there and there's a few days of shortage and then all of a sudden it took a long time. I had to uh, trash this, re-download it, install it. Now it's, it's working again. Uh, so with that, there's, there's always stuff, but I would encourage you, there's so many options out there for you to do it. Is it perfect and fail-proof? No. We're, we're, we always can find a way around. Is it challenging? Uh, is there things that can help out? Absolutely it can. So think through, once again, you can do that as ads. Once, you can also do it as, hey, this device is locked down at this time. Your internet goes off at this time. All different types of stuff you can do. So once again, if you decide to turn the internet off tonight at 10 o'clock and you have kids coming in your house ready to burn the place down, you, you realize you made a good move, okay? Like you, you may realize, okay, we, we do have a problem here and I'm glad we started this and hopefully we can make it through. Uh, number next, uh, prayer. Ask God to give you wisdom about what route to take and how to take it. Um, you can be real practical here and just say, well, I'm just gonna blow and go and do this. But I would, I'd pray and say, okay, Lord, there's all these apps and all these different options like show us the right way to do it and um, help me decide. You say in James 1.5, if I'm lacking wisdom, I can ask and you'll give it to me. God, give me wisdom, not only in what to do, but folks, how to do it, okay? Because the wrong approach, I want my kids to realize I have their best in mind and not their worst, 
Okay? That's hard. That's hard to get across sometimes. But to say, you may not get this now, but I'm hoping that one day you're going to see my heart in this is, is for these purposes. So you're praying and asking God to do that. Um, agreement. Ensure that you and your spouse have an agreed-upon unified front. I'm going to tell you the thing that will derail this thing as quickly as it started is if you want one thing and your spouse wants something else, ain't going to work. Not going to work. So um, there is a, a rule that we have between Amanda and I. If my kids come up to me and say, Mom said we have to do that, even if I think it's crazy, I'm going to keep a straight face Go, Mama's right. And later I'm going to go, what were you thinking? Okay, I might be there. But as a unified front in front of the kids, it's always going to be, your mom's right. No, I support your dad. Absolutely. I don't have to know what's going on. Now, what's better is the two of you say, this is what we're going to do. There's going to be sacrifice involved. There's going to be pushback involved. But we're in this so that, and this is very important, it doesn't look like one parent is the one who's always doing this. Right? You don't want to be the fun one, and this one's the strict one. It's like, no, this is what we've decided here. So and when that comes across, it, it speaks, I think, uh, volumes to it. A discussion. Talk with your family about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, you are going to need to sit down at some point and at least explain why this is. Um, what's the old parenting line rules that relationship lead to rebellion or something somebody smart said that something like that but if you just enforce the rules you're not sitting down and talking explaining it can actually cause more issues so it's a time to say no it's gonna be a little different let me tell you the heart behind this before we go any further uh implementation roll out the needed changes in your home to keep souls safe at some point you're actually going to do it right implement whatever these changes you've been praying about you've been researching you become an expert in all this stuff you've prayed about it you're a unified front You've talked to the family, roll it out, make it happen, and, uh, and, and see what you can do. And then uh, I would also say you need to have endurance. Um, don't give in to cultural or peer pressure for how you need to raise your children. You make a call on what you're going to do in your house, you're going to feel the culture is going to push at you, and you're also going to feel like all you're going to hear is your kids are saying like, well, Bobby's mom lets him do this, and Sarah's mom, here's just a... When you get before God Almighty in heaven, he's not going to ask you, why aren't you more like Sarah's mom? He's going to say, what did you do with your kids, right? And at the end of the day, um, you want to say, I did everything I can to shepherd and love and, and direct these kids in the right way. So, folks, even if you were labeled as the neighborhood weirdo, you, you should embrace that. Get a T-shirt or something. At the end of the day, like, you're going to be connected with your kids the rest of your life. These people who are peer pressuring you for a little season, they're going to be gone one day. So even if it's something different, it really doesn't matter. Uh, at the end of the day, if somebody thinks your, your method on technology, schooling, dating, whatever it is, is ridiculous, who cares? If God and your spouse says you're okay, you're okay. And the last one is this, monitor. Realize that today's strategies will not work tomorrow. Okay? And this is one of the most frustrating things for uh, me personally is because I research and work really hard and install all this stuff. And I'm like, we're good to go. And it, three days later, some update and this not working. And here we go again, right? And so I will say this. You set up a, a scenario one day, you've got to keep going back to it. Keep going back to it. Is this working? Is it functioning? Is all those processes prayer fleet monitoring? I have uh, on the bottom of your um, page there, it says, for more information, go to our website, rockycreek.church slash resources. If you go to that tab... You go all the way down to the bottom, there's always topics, and you hit the word technology, and there is a list of resources that the staff has put together over the last few years that gives you direct links to certain apps that work, certain books that if you want to go deeper, uh, discussions, all kinds of stuff, classes, courses, sermons on these issues if you need to go further. Part of our heart is to continue to build a database for you. At the end of the day, there's not a perfect approach, folks, but I will say this. Doing something's better than doing nothing, okay? I know that you love your kids. I love my kids. Don't ever let passivity shape this, but to say, okay, what do I need to do best to protect my kids and go back to what we said in the very beginning. The goal is I want to be able to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and these words I'm going to command to my kids, right? And when am I going to do it? When we walk around the house, we're laying down, we're sitting down, we're getting up, we're doing this. It's going to be in our hands, in front of our eyes, in the house. And to do so, 
we're going to have to remove some things that are blocking that. And so uh, I'm just going to pray for you guys as you think about installing and different things in your own life, how to apply this in, into your family. So, Father, um, we thank you for the wisdom of your word. We know what our heart is as parents is to show that type of love and pass it on down to our kids. Uh, but there are things that are taking the place of when we lie down and when we rise, when we sit down and when we walk by the way. There's other conversations that we, we cannot happen because there's devices that seem to be um, stuck to our persons at all time. They're, your words should be in our hand in front of our eyes and adorning the walls of our house. And yet there's devices that are taking those places at every single turn. So Lord, uh, I know that in this room, we've got probably just a, a, a whole whole range of issues right now. Some that are just curious about, okay, uh, coming up and some that are just really deep down in the middle of some really hard stuff. So God, you, you say that if we lack wisdom, that you'll give it to us. So we're asking in faith, give us wisdom to do the changes that we need to make to be able to love, care for our kids and to help them love you with all their heart, with all their soul and all their mind and all their strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Equip Podcast. Make sure to check out rockycreek.church for complete notes and additional resources. You can also subscribe to this podcast and get weekly courses delivered to you. We hope to equip you for the work of the ministry.